Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Prayer Rizopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And today I'm preparing for my summer courses, and I'm actually teaching a new class very much in line with what this podcast hopes to do called The Art of Living. And I have a few students in that class who I've already worked with, so I'm totally revamping my syllabus. I'm totally revamping our textbook. I'm actually making a new textbook. And I thought the idea I have, or I'm working on now, is pretty exciting, and it got me thinking about what I might contribute to this podcast as a result of the class. And here's what I have so far. So I'm basing the whole class off of a painting we've discussed already a lot on the podcast, which is called Still Life with a Skull by Philippe de Champagne, right? So I've talked about this painting a lot. It's one I have in my apartment. And it's, you know, it's comprised of three images we're familiar with, right? We have our skull, our tulip or flower, and the hourglass. And recently, I've been really fixated myself on the hourglass. So much so that I've been writing it every day in my notebook for myself writing, on my, you know, my usual practice. And I also just started here and there, randomly, just drawing the hourglass on different parts of my hand. And as I've said, I have, you know, I think a great sort of, uh, let's say, connection to that painting. It does help me a lot, right? The tulip is life. And I think also we could think of the flower as something we have to cultivate, something that involves the planting of seeds, it involves care, it involves time and patience, and ultimately it brings beauty into the world. So there's a lot to be said for that aspect of the painting, right? I think the skull, memento mori, right? We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. It's going to play a huge role in my class as well. You know, we think of death so we can live better, not so we can sit and think about death all day, right? The idea of the skull, you know, and that's in the center of, of the painting. And, I, and for me, I think it's going to be the first chapter in our book. You know, we work backwards from that. We have to remember that we're not here forever so that we can use that time and relate to that time in a way that's healthy and true and just and courageous so that we can make something beautiful like a flower. And the flower, once again, is not only a result or a product or a thing, but there's a whole process behind that that I just kind of talked about a second ago, right? That is what it means to live a fulfilling life, right? To plant something, to start something, to begin something with good intentions to make the world a better place, and then to use what's around you, the soil, the air, the rain, right? And even rain, when we think about that, that's very stoic, right? Because the flower doesn't control when it rains, but when it does rain, the flower uses the water for nutrients. I can go all day with this analogy, but I won't. But in the class, I sort of will, right? The idea is that, you know, there's so much to life and in life and about life in that one painting that really, for me, serves as a reminder. As I said, I, I look at it every day, at least once a day. And that hasn't even been enough recently because, as I said, I've been putting the hourglass on my hand and I've been looking at it a lot more. And what I'm realizing is, you know, we have the content of what these what these images bring to us philosophically and spiritually, which is going to be a huge part of what we talk about over the next few weeks because the class is starting on the 24th. Today I've spent time organizing Marcus Aurelius, uh, some meditations. I'm making an, another textbook. I like making new textbooks for new classes. I don't like to charge students for textbooks, so I make my own. And a lot of times I end up just going back into some old books and then looking at some new books and kind of curating different sections or finding some essays on the school of life that I recommend you all check that out. The school of life is a great website, the book of life on that website. It's got a lot of great essays on different topics, um, different philosophical and psychological topics. That being said, the whole process really is sort of something I'm familiar with. I love is curating these ideas, compiling them, organizing them. So the way the class is going to be right now, and we'll get back to the reminders in a second because I think this is hopefully helpful, right? If that painting is my reminder and I would like to offer that to students and we only have three weeks together, 
I'm trying to think of the best way to do that. And what I have presently is the first chapter will be the skull, memento mori. The second chapter will be the hourglass. How do we relate to time? How do we live in the moment? You know, one of the things, as my research is saying now, that so many college students and Americans in general are dealing with is a lot of anxiety, right? Well, if we look at that painting and we think about that hourglass and memento mori and the flower, right, that should hopefully or hopefully be helpful in, allevi in alleviating some of our anxieties, right? So a lot of that chapter will be on, on living in the moment, how to not live in the past and be tortured by it, and how to not be, or let's say, how to work on being less anxious so we can fear the future less. Right, so that's our second chapter. Then the third, I think, will be the flower, which will be life. And that's where we'll talk about, you know, eudaimonia, the, the stoic virtues we've talked about so much, uh, among a few other things like amor fati, right? Accepting the fate, that's the flower and the rain, right? Accepting what it is. It's not about resignation or giving up. It's about seeing what we can and cannot change and learning how to make peace with that. Because ultimately we want ourselves, you know, we want to be at peace. So all of this, idea for the class came from my relationship to that painting. And that painting is going to be featured prominently on the syllabus. It'll be on the second page, right after the title page, it'll be on the second page of the book. And it got me thinking about, you know, why I've been writing the hourglass on my hand, of course, is the painting, but I want to be reminded of it more frequently. And I found myself in traffic recently and I, I felt, you know, anger and stress kind of starting to rumble in me. And I looked at my hand and I had written the, or I had drawn the hourglass on it. And it actually did give me a sense of relief. Or there's something to be said for an aesthetic experience. There's something to be said for our experiences with art. And that's paintings, music, books, right? And the philosophical or let's say spiritual and even therapeutic effects of that, right? So how do you use reminders? Is sort of the question that dawned on me that I thought I'd offer on this, on this podcast. I feel like so much of our conversation around reminders likely will revolve around what we think, you know, what we see as our work, right? What we see as our appointments and that's important, right? But as Socrates sort of said in the apology, that can't be the only, the only thing we care about. We have to care about our souls first and foremost. So the idea for me is like, how do we maybe offer and create for ourselves important spiritual and philosophical reminders. So maybe it's a painting. I had a student recently tell me they're getting a memento mori tattoo, right? That's another, I think, great example of a reminder, especially if you see it on a very frequent basis, right? So if it's, you know, on, on your hand or something for, for mine right now, it's like, that's been super helpful. Um, and I think even for, you know, with a tattoo, like just knowing you have it on you can be really therapeutic and comforting, like the image or the word or whatever. Um, but how do we maybe think about philosophical reminders. And think about, again, all I was able to say about that one painting, and I could go all day about it in the class. I'm so excited for it because it's an opportunity to really expand on my thinking and learn more about memento mori, learn more about, you know, about these ideas with my students from what they offer, but also from doing more research, right? In meditations, Marcus Aurelius writes the word death over 60 times, right? So that's significant. He's, he's writing it, he's reading it, he's thinking it in and of itself, right? And he's explaining a lot of great ideas with it too, right? But there's power in the reminder. And we talk about winnowing our thoughts as per Marcus's idea. Reminders are great ways to do that. I've also realized, and I'm sort of, this dawning on me as I'm saying this, I've been writing the word remember a lot in my self-writing recently. Because I think there's even power in the idea that we know this already. We should be comfortable with this. Remember, you know how to do this? To say remember, I, I think is a more stable foundation to work from than feeling like we're constantly lost.
right? So to say remember implies you know the map a little bit. To set reminders for ourselves, you know, pushes us forward. But of course, it also works to uh, have us cultivate a useful relationship to what we already know. So reminder, remember, right? These are things that I think connect really nicely. And I wanted to offer that today in the podcast because as I'm working on the class, we're going to definitely talk more about those three ideas, right? And they've already been in the podcast, I think, throughout the whole thing in, in many different ways. But as I'm learning more about Memento Mori, I hope to offer some podcasts that uh, reference meditations among other readings that get us thinking about the power of this reminder. Because again, literally like in the word memento mori is remember, right? Remember that you will die. So we remember and we have reminders. And again, that's not so we can sit and think about death all day. It's so that we live better. We live more freely, more peacefully, more virtuously, and we can alleviate some of our fears and stresses through the application of this idea as a reminder, as a frequent reminder. Epictetus would say, right, every day, sit for a minute, present to yourself in your mind that you will eventually die, that everyone will eventually die. Think of maybe other things that might be stressful or difficult. Don't live there the whole time, right? But we have to visit these things as reminders. So think, do you have spiritual reminders? How do you use reminders in other aspects of your life? And how would a reminder or two or three or whatever maybe be helpful for you? And they might come in the form of a mantra, right? Something like be calm. It might come in the form of something like putting up a painting. It might come in the form of a tattoo even as, as my student did, right? But think about this idea of the spiritual reminder and how it might play a role in your life and how it might be helpful. So that's what I'm thinking about today because, again, I really just enjoy I'm looking at it right now. I enjoy looking at my hand and seeing this hourglass. I think it encourages good thinking in me, good feeling in my personal kind of philosophical life. I'm in traffic. I remind myself this 20 minutes is not a big deal. I'm with people I love. I look down and I, rem I remind myself this might be our last time together. I remind ourselves. I remind myself, right? Love these people right now, urgently. I remind myself, forget about, quote, wasting time. It is what it is. Don't focus on that because all you're going to do with that focus is ruin more moments. So again, that reminder helps me cultivate a relationship to time that's been really at least a little bit healthier over the past couple of weeks or a few days that I've been really focusing on it in my writing, writing it on my hand and thinking more about that painting, which, you know, that painting is inescapable for me at this point. It went from my wall to now it's going to be a class and this hourglass on my hand is very interesting to me. So we'll see how that develops. Thank you all for listening. Hope this was helpful and I'll talk to you soon.